Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez. My in-studio guests are D-Nick, the microphone misfit. I got Mel L in the house and Ray of Light. Collectively, the microphone misfits. The project is Escape from Babylon 3. I kind of feel like you stole my thunder, man. I mean, <laughs> y'all still trapped in Babylon? You can't escape yet? It is a process, Jesse. Although we can even say, right, like if you if you study like what Babylon is all about, it's also kind of a state of mind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a wicked mind state, wicked place, um, both physical, metaphysical, mental, spiritual. And you're just trying to get to, in Ross philosophy, you're trying to get to a uh, Zion state of being, which is like a tranquility um, mind state and just get as far away from western poisonous sensibilities as you can so it's a process and you know we're here so it's it's always hard to escape and conquer those addictions and if we are thinking metaphysically it's hard to escape what is constantly around you is it not oh yeah yeah always so what are we talking more of a, a state of mind in in terms of escaping all of the above you know we went really uh hard on this album with the concepts and the song structure I want to give folks an idea of the concepts. Words from LL Part 1. You say, yeah. falling from that Obama hope. That was one of the lines that stuck stuck out immediately to me because we are in this, this post-racial society right. where, we believe, womp, womp. <laughs> where we believe we've just come from eight years of utopia. But what you are saying is we've all been led astray by what we believe was going to be immediate hope and change. At least that's what I gleaned from it. That's that's pretty much what it was, man. It's it's one of those things like as soon as Obama got into office, you know, everybody was was living off of this hope. He's going to do this for for us. He's going to do that. And everything's going to be perfect after he's done. And then we fast forward, actually not even that far in, like once Obama, you know, was in that first term before he even got elected that second time, like certain things were getting better. But as those things were getting better, there was so much more that was falling apart around us. So it's like, you know, you're you're living off of this hope that, you know, Obama's going to make things better and then he's no longer here or he's no longer in that office. And now we're looking at, you know, what we have now versus some of the things that happened then. And I even uh, mentioned this uh, the other day on a, on a different show, how there was a young lady who was uh, on Facebook ranting about how, you know, she's upset because she's upset at Obama because he gave her hope because with all of the deportations and things that are happening now, you know, it's like, you know, Obama, you know, you signed in the Dream Act and you gave us all hope that we'd be able to stay here. And now that you're gone, look at what's happening to all of my people. So it's like, yeah, you're you were living off of that hope, but not necessarily taking the action that you needed to in order to, to take that hope and, and turn it into something real. If Barry Obama, I'm calling him Barry, if he rocked everybody to sleep. 45 definitely woke everybody up. <laughs> I like that. You put it in terms we could all understand. One time for the mind, two time for the grind, unified through the buy. And we say, Ashe. And we say, Ashe. In our minds, we have these pictures of our brothers and our sisters who are no longer with us. Let them know that we miss them. Uh, 
That's word to my broken tear ducts. Through the vibes, I know you hear us. Think about your smile, you know you cheer us. That's why we let's talk about the track libations. First, let's break down what Ashe is. I was doing some research on this, and depending on the dialect, I could be completely off, but it, it comes up as the power to make things happen and to produce change. Yes, um, that's that's one definition. You know, like everything has multiple. It's a agreed upon blessings. It's blessings of agreement. Um, and uh, the term in the ritual is like a water ritual. You know, like you see the ritual, you see it in movies and TV where somebody dies and the homies pour out liquor and stuff. Well, that comes from a custom of when someone passes to symbolize them going back to the earth. You pour out water into the soil. Um, so that's where that comes from. And uh, libations is just a song honoring it out. our fallen, you know. Honoring the fallen, but at the same time, it's also got somewhat of a motivational aspect <clears throat> to those of us who are still here having to move yeah. on. It's like, yeah, you know, our brothers and sisters are no longer with us, but they kind of are. Yeah. It's up to us to maintain that legacy, but also make sure that we're okay going forward. Yeah, it was, for my verse, Um, you know, it was tough, man. I wrote that whole thing crying. I had to do it in one, like, just like a uh, sweep because, you know, I had lost my um my grandfather who was like my patriarch. Um, so mine was a lot more personal. And I don't usually get that specifically personal on records. Ray's um, verse, Ray Light's verse was more like giving you the, it was a thesis statement um, that, like you said, that addressed um, we represent that legacy. And that's our blessing and our burden to bear after our falling. I am a social economic enemy of the state. Too many are invested to keep me away from great. Politics, religion, medical, and law, academia, this is things that we saw. And don't forget the realm of fam, friends, and neighbors. Black paranoia comes in all different flavors. These waters got sharks, piranhas, and alligators. And I only find solace in music in my creator. Catch up from all sides. Where do I start? Even public aid or with the black family apart. Beautiful black woman sees me as a predator or some simp ass dude that never could better her. You are listening to Vocalo. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in studio guests, the microphone misfits. So on Black Paranoia, you kind of go Ooh. in in true Dinic <laughs> fashion. I mean, we have a lot of threads that run through this. We're talking about test scores go from black schools straight to private prisons. We're talking about food deserts. We're talking about chemtrails. Now, some of these exist in the category of conspiracy theory. Others, I think, if we were to do more, uh, more attention-seeking in what's happening in the news, make more sense. Tell me about this song and some of the things that you believe are a little more digestible to the layman versus some of the things maybe you have to be of a certain mind to grasp. Well, so they're conspiracy fact. It's not really a theory. Flynn is not a theory. There's people really with neurotoxins. You know, I was a school teacher at a time for two years at a charter school, and those test scores went to a company that was owned by a private prison. So that is not a theory. That is a fact. There has actually been across the country, like, people who have been brought on charges just because they got caught, you know, um, doing that, you know. So these things are not theories anymore. They are a fact. You know, people got to step their Google game up and really, like, uh, understand. And, and the song is really, you know, us being nice, kind of a play on the on the old sample and the soundbite. I have a right to be hostile. My people's been persecuted. Um, 
you know, when I look at everything and how the state of, like, and particularly the, the African-American descent in the slave community is being treated and how, like, we function, we're very paranoid. We're very paranoid people. We don't trust anybody. We don't trust the politicians. We don't trust the the, the spiritual sects. We don't trust the pan-Africanist communities. We don't, we, we're just nervous and paranoid and, um, that's just was an explainer about what that's like and we try to do it in a fun way and when we do those songs we want to do them we want to take something really i try to work backwards something that's really negative and really depressing and make it as fun as i could possibly make it i like the idea of what d nick said you got to give them a little bit of that sugar so they could take that medicine yeah. Yeah. so in this case it's like yeah the, the school of prison pipeline all right let's turn, <laughs> let's turn up on a, on a popping let, beat let's per, let's right. pretend that some folks who are listening don't have their google mm-hmm. game stepped up mm-hmm. so expand on why it is school test scores from a black school would go to a private prison. What is the purpose that would serve? Why is that valuable information to have? No, that's where, that's the only part of it that's theory. My educated guess is that they can estimate on, based on the test scores, they use analytics to estimate how many people are going to not be disenfranchised educational-wise and therefore not be access to society and going to have to resort and criminal activity so if that is the predicted like this amount of people are going to graduate this amount of people are going to fail and you know not go to college or not do any not achieve higher education therefore they're going to be living hand to mouth and they're going to probably resort to you know criminal activities so for that we're going to need more prisons and more space and it's those analytical that analytical data is how they justify for them to build more prisons these amount of kids are not passing these schools are closing these kids are dropping out like that's why those test scores go especially in a charter school system that's why those uh test scores go to companies and third party companies that are owned nine times out of ten by private prisons. It's like Minority Report. Yeah. Trying to figure out how we can use this information to prevent X, Y, and Z, or this is more reactionary than prevention, but... Yeah, no, they they want them that money. And, you know, it's not getting mistaken. Prison is like slave labor, so... They, they want that money. They 13th want that bag. Amendment. Yeah. Test scores from black schools get sent to private prisons so they can predict that they should expand a new division. Man, listen. CIA, FBI, your local PD. You being free ain't profit for thee. Black male go to jail. It's on his girl to make bail. Sold into slavery. We classified as a crook. And it falls on her to put dough on the book. So let's jump into this comic book. Last time you were here, this was a a new venture. So I was looking at the PDF. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, first and foremost, one of the things I I noticed right away was just like the presentation and the artwork had improved from the last time. Not suggesting that it was, you know, a slouch's work at all. But I noticed improvements. Talk about where we've gone from the first comic to this one, uh, as well as the narrative and how it unfolds and helps us understand what we have in the audio version. So from the first books, they were done by good brother of ours, John Park, and he's a political cartoonist. So his art style was that, was of something that you would see in, like, the newspaper, yeah. you know. Damian Hampton is a 
manga anime head and so his art style is very intense and more suited for this type of presentation. yeah and um and the cool thing is when he was he's a younger like guy but when we did the first book he entered a art of graffiti battle at our album release party and created the character autotune because the winner would get c2e2 tickets and they would get um their character featured in the next book so autotune was actually his creation from the very first go around and so we featured him in the same book with john park um john went on to do other things but in that time between volume one and volume two Damien elevated his art game and he's, you know, going to school for art and he's just got a web comic, you know, and he just really stepped it up. So it kind of came really full circle with him being the line artist for this book. And the color was done by our homie, the great Daryl Spicy, one of the <laughs> silliest but dopest people you'll you'll ever meet. Um, you know, he does work in the Austin newspaper and He's worked on books like Punks of Rage and um, Superhero Huff, and he's just a really, really talented artist. He, it just came together, and it was just a really good blessing. I learned a lot putting this book together. You know, we all did because Spicy was just like, "No, man, you gotta, you gotta this continuity error right here, <laughs> and you know, you gotta do it like this." So it was. It, it was, was a fun. learning experience. Yeah, I dig it was it. a lot of back and forth battles on that too. So. Yeah, yo, man, I look more swole than that. <laughs> oh man, these guys, the 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 rest of the fits. Oh man, they give me so much. He male is like, well, I got to get jacked up in this one. <laughs> man, for anybody that knows, like when it comes to the fits, like I'm usually the one that's out front. Like if something some going down, like I got to take care of business. Like this, it's, it's kind of what I do. Like. I'm, Marine Corps war vet, like all of this stuff. So when we get into the book, we like a couple of pages in, and it seems like I'm always getting snuffed. Like, <laughs> come on, son. Like, you got to fix that, dude. Like, Man, Mel got the best action sequences in the book. Well, yeah, now, but He's like, originally, for that. <laughs> originally, like, every book turned around, like, Mel was just catching one to the face. Like, I was getting snuck, like, every other. <laughs> so you see that, day. and you're like, obviously, this ain't based in reality, because <laughs> yeah. th that would never happen. Listen, I'm not falling before Ray. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just, that just ain't happening. <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a, a good run, and, like, sitting and having to, to edit the work, you know, reading the script prior to it going to the artist, um, D has, has taken this story, and he's gotten he knows us well enough to where he he knows my voice like d and i've known each other since we were teenagers so so he knows my voice well enough to know like mel wouldn't say this or mel wouldn't say that or mm -hmm. and then after the scripts are done of course i have i go through all of them and kind of edit through and see you know all right we got to change this this doesn't make sense here let's move it there change up a few things there but for the most part like d knows the group he knows the story that he wants to tell and he knows our voices well enough to make it happen um, and then, like you say, you know, Spicy would come through and it's like, all right, for a continuity issue, um, for comic book sake, like, we need to change this here and there. And there'd be a little back and forth on that, but, like, you know, he would win out where, where it needed to, and, and, you know, that was kind of that. So so it was, a, it was a passionate thing because everybody was so passionate about yeah. this book that everybody was fighting for what they thought was right that ultimately I think the, the story just kind of came together and it's, it's, 
been a good run. I will never fall asleep in the white man's dream or even the bigoted feminist, straight up white supremacist with their superficial ideologies and interests. No apologies, I'm from the blackmail consensus. Self-preservation with ill survivalist attitude to get what is old is a luxury with no gratitude. Educate Lastly, we exist in a time I think that's more polarizing than ever when we talk about the music aspect of hip-hop, not even the culture. <clears throat> But uh, it wouldn't be a, a Misfits album if y'all didn't remind people where you came from. Tell me about the track, Sons and Daughters. Oh, mm. man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, that was dope. That, salute to um, Clubber Lang from the Sons of Boom Bap out in Canada. He's the only guest production on the album. It was um, wanted to do a, a theme song for us being allowed into, you know, Sons of Boom Bap. And definitely wanted to incorporate the daughters um, because I was like, okay, the, the organization is called Sons of Boom Bap, but there's dope femcs in the game that need to be represented too. So I wanted ours to be different, and uh, no one was better to suit that from Javon. I used to DJ for Javon, so it was like, yeah, let's let's do some. We never done a song together, so that was cool. And and yeah, it was just it was just our normal braggadocio um, thing. But that one was different because it was more venting the the weird frustration of you know what it's like to have the classic sensibilities in you know a modern era where people don't necessarily have the classic sensibilities um so that was fun to do it was fun to flex a little bit continued success brothers we are the sons and the daughters of boom back to move forward sometimes you go back we are the sons and the daughters of boom back I'm armored up whenever I'm on attack. We are the sons and the daughters of Boom Bap. You got my back.